Hello, everybody. It's Tuesday, December 13th, and welcome to episode 73 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things Toronto Blue Jays related. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my usual co-host, Riley McConnell. And today on our show, the Blue Jays did something, Riley. We finally, finally, finally have some transactions. So we're going to talk about those. We're going to break them all down. Right-handed pitcher Chris Bassett to a three-year $63 million deal. And we've also signed Kevin Kiermeyer. So we're going to break it all down on this episode. What does it mean? Do we have any concerns? Did we mess something up? How great is this? But first, remember, our show is free and available on all uh, platforms. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to us like our many people do in podcast land, take the time, leave us a five-star review. It really is the best way to help the show grow. But with that being said, Riley, what's up, man? How are you today? I am good. The weather is cooling down, but finally something that is warm is a front office in yes. Blue Jays land. Yes. We finally make some waves. Now, let's not call these tsunami waves by any means, man. These are these are reasonable transactions. These are reasonable signings. There's nothing that's going to make a huge splash, nothing that's going to change the franchise for years to come. Uh, these are strategic moves. All in all, before we get into them, I myself feel pretty good about it. We're yep. adding a couple veterans to our team of young players. I think that's a smart move. A, a good pitcher to go with our defense and a good lefty bat to stick in the lineup when you want, because we know how right-handed dominant we are on the sticks. So as of right now, playing a total of zero games, uh, Bassett hurling zero innings and Kiermaier having zero plate, plate appearances, I feel pretty good about it right now, Jess. There were definitely holes on this Blue Jays team that needed fixed. We needed more starting pitchers, and we still probably do, to be honest. But hey, we got one. We'll break it down here. And we needed some good defense in the outfield, no field depth, and we got one with Kevin Kiermaier. So two thumbs up there. But let's get into the first guy right away, Riley. The Jays have signed 34-year-old right-handed pitcher Chris Bassett to a three-year, $63 million contract with a limited no-trade clause. I believe there are eight teams he is allowed to reject a deal towards. I don't know what those teams are, but I'm sure it won't even matter. He's probably going to be here for his three years. <clears throat> Riley, I know you're a big Chris Bassett fan from his time pitching with the Oakland A's. So Riley, give me your first reactions on what you think about Chris Bassett as a Blue Jay. I personally really like Chris Bassett. Ooh. When he was with these guys who sadly yes. are, their franchise has fallen apart, but he, Chris <laughs> Bassett now officially a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. I really like Chris Bassett. This is a guy who doesn't strike out a lot of batters, has mm -hmm. some occasional good strikeout games, but this is a guy with a heavy sinker and a lot of good off-speed stuff to go with his fast stuff. Jesse, it's... It's kind of a good signing to get. He actually had a career um, year in innings pitch last year with yep. the New York Mets. Uh, like, this is a guy where you think, okay, we've signed him. He's of, you know, uh, not a sparkling age. That number 33, 34 age uh, category doesn't scream, you know, awesome to me for even three years. So, can we look at with this man? We can look at that he had his most innings pitched in 2022 mm -hmm. and go off that. I mean, he did not play for an extremely good Oakland A's club. Mind you, he did finish with a winning record most of the time. His final year in, in Oakland, he finished with a 12 and four record. So, I mean, that's, that's just records. But if you're getting wins when you're not getting run support, that's something too. Also, my favorite pitching stat, whip. Yep. When you don't walk, guys, when you don't give up hits, Chris Bassett, great whip guy too. And yeah, he's going to play into our already great defense 
a la Matt Chapman. Um, if you haven't seen Jesse put on our Buds channel, a nice little video of him, you know, making some great ground ball outs uh, brought mm -hmm. to you by a Chris Bassett delivery. I feel pretty good about it. I'm a big Chris Bassett guy. I'm happy that he's a Toronto Blue Jay. I think he's going to have a great season for us. The thing the Blue Jay staff really needed here, Riley, was stability. We had our top guys in Manoa and Gosman, and we had guys like Barrios and Kikuchi who could be really good. They could also be garbage. So we don't know. We kind of just needed a guy who can come in, pitch good innings consistently. And that's exactly what Chris Bassett has done with his time there in Oakland and exactly at the time with the New York Mets last season. And like the repertoire of pitches that he has, Riley, is almost very different than what all the Blue Jays have. Like he's got six pitches, man. Fastball cutter, sinker slider, curve changeup. Like I feel bad for Alejandro Kirk or Danny Jansen or whoever's going to type in those buttons in the pitch com because their fingers are going to have a damn workout here trying to figure out what uh, pitch to call for Chris Bassett here. The stuff, you kind of mentioned it, Riley, doesn't overpower you. The fastball will sit at 93, um, but he's a control artist, and that's kind of how he makes his move. He's got the bowling S sinker, and we tweeted this out, and we also threw this on our Instagram page, but in terms of run values from Chris Bassett's sinker last year, it was the best in baseball at limiting runs, which is, hey, anytime you're the best at baseball in something for a pitcher, you're doing something something good. His sinker was better than guys like Zach Wheeler, Logan Webb, Marcus Stroman. He's going to be like the best sinker we've seen in the Blue Jays for a long time. And not only that, Riley, his curveball might be even better. Batters hit 156 against him last year, no home runs and a 26.5 whiff percentage on that pitch. So good stuff. Good command. Exactly kind of what we need from Chris Bass. Oh, absolutely. Like the number of pitches he can throw is 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 excellent. But yeah, he's going to go to that sinker cutter combo more often than not. I think the reason behind the curveball, yeah, he can throw it and gets out and get out. But I mean, it's uh, less control on his on the curveball, which is fine. I mean, if you can mix that in on, you know, a pitcher's count and really get some hitters mm -hmm. off balance. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what that's what you can expect from him is to really get off timing. And when they do time up a ball, it's more than likely going to be a sinker and it's going to hit flat. Straight into the ground, right? And it's, and it's hopefully going to result in a ground ball out, man. I think this is a very wise move. Um, as far as the pay and the term, I think the dollar value attached to it is great. Um, the three, the three year is, is a is a bit of a question mark even for myself. I know what Chris Bassett could do on the hill. Um, however, um, maybe through that third and final year of his contract, you could see him start to go downhill. We don't know yet. I mean, that's in that's a twenty twenty six esque kind of place. You yep. could be in a totally different platform by then. Uh, but as of right now, I think that the deal looks gr very great. I think it looks smart more than anything. I know that I know that Jay's Twitter has just been off its rocker with, you know, <laughs> with with, you know, how dumb it could have been or, you know, we should have got a bigger name. Sure. I I agree to an extent, but there's nothing wrong with Chris Bassett's game and I mean, if you're looking for a number three guy, I mean, he is the guy. I mean, you, how can you top Manoa and Gosman? You can't really. Let's compliment them with, with one of the best three guys in all of baseball in Chris Bassett. I actually kind of like the three-year deal that we gave him because it lines his contract up with the likes of George Springer, with the likes of how launch team control we have for Bo Bichette and for uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So the Blue Jays do decide to rebuild in 2026. They'll have the Bassett contract off the books by then. So I kind of like, I think it's very intentional. The Blue Jays did line it up with a three-year deal, but I got a few more stats. When you talked about how he's going to put those sinkers at the bottom of the zone and people are going to, you know, they're going to hit it kind of flat. You know what that means, Riley? It means that he's getting a lot of soft contact. And in the 2020 season, when he's pitching with the New York Mets, 
<clears throat> he led all qualified starters in soft contact percentage. No pitcher in baseball had more soft contact than Chris Bassett last year. In fact, over the last three seasons, Riley, he has a better park-adjusted ER rate than known cheater Garrett Cole and a better park-adjusted FIP than Joe Musgrove. I'd say that's pretty good, Riley. Good stuff here, especially from our number three starter that we're going to get. Yeah, I mean, I... I get it. I can see why people wouldn't be screaming at. I mean, a lot of people don't even really know him because he pitched in the National League last year, which is fine. I'm saying give this guy a chance. He's a veteran guy. He could go out there and win you games. And he's not don't expect him to go to the complete game. But I expect a very, uh, very moderate ERA and a pretty low whip out of him. You're not going to see a whole lot of free passes. You're not going to see a ton of strikeouts. But this is a this is a perfect number three guy who's mm-hmm. going to take a lot off the shoulders of our aces for sure. All right. So we pumped up uh, what we think about Chris Bassett. I think we're both a fan. We needed something. We got something good. I'm excited to see him pitch for the Blue Jays this year. But I have some thoughts maybe that some people are concerned about. So, Riley, tell me you're concerned, if you are concerned about any of these about Chris Bassett. Ready? Let's go. Because the New York Mets gave him a qualifying offer, the Blue Jays will have to forfeit their second round pick in next year's draft, as well as about $500,000 in international bonus pool money. Does that matter? So for international prospects, I mean, we're about as as cream to the crop for teams. I think that we do a great job with our international discoveries, our scouting and everything like that. I think half a million dollars is going to break the bank. It's only for a year. <coughs> yeah, it's true. The second, the second round pick. I mean, yeah, that's tough, but we're in a win now mode. I mean, you can't look back at the draft picks that were slotted around where we're forfeiting the pick. I, I still think that it's, it and the outcome. If the outcome is we won, or we put ourselves in a position to win, it's the it's the right call. I mean, if Bassett Agreed. goes out, if, if Bassett goes out there and craps the bed, that's another story. I personally don't see it happening. I mean, if the draft class is is stacked and with MLB ready players, I don't see that. So I'm gonna say that I'm really not too concerned with a second round pick. Uh, the compensation is, it, you know, is fairly according. I mean, maybe for a 33 year old, a lot of people would think that's steep, but. I think it's part of the course, man. You got to pay the price to get a good arm. Yep, I'm in agreement with you there. Flags fly forever. If he helps us win a championship, then absolutely. Our next concern, Riley, are you concerned about how old he is? He kind of mentioned it already. He signed through his age 37 season. Does this worry you at all? Yeah, of course. Um, when you get into the the you know 35 and older category, there's there does start to you know be some concern, and we haven't seen him play a game over the age of 35 yet, sure. so it's hard to determine right now. But the year he had for the Mets last year, and you know the way he he started out in Oakland versus how he finished, he was not a good starter. He pitched uh, for the the White Sox before being dealt with a handful of other big names in that. Um, I think you know. Semyon was uh, one of them at the time or whatever it was. Um, Oakland had a good thing going. Chris Bassett didn't pitch well at the beginning. He did well, opted out free agency because the ship was sinking. Yep. Went, went and did stuff with, with an extraordinarily good Mets pitching staff. Um, in fact, he was, you know, he, I mean, over, over, you know, he, he was overachieved his expectations last year. It was one of it might be his best year. I don't know if it's going to be as good for us in 2023 as it was for the Mets in 2022, but it's still going to be very good. Yeah. Um, just to go back on the age thing, kind of Riley, I have seen some pitchers around Major League Baseball who actually can pitch well into their late 30s. Verlander's done it. Jose Quintana's done it. Johnny Cueto had a nice rebound season this year. So 
I think it's getting that old in age doesn't really affect pitchers as much as it affects hitters. And plus, Riley, like he's a control guy. My only real concern is that when a control guy does lose it, it goes downhill very fast. But like if your stuff even diminishes a little bit, but you can still control it, you can still be a good pitcher. A la Mark Burley was for years, right? So as long as that control stays there, I'm not exactly worried that him being an older pitcher is a problem. So, yeah, and he's a sinker ball pitcher. I mean, yeah. he throws six pitches. If you can cut that down to to four pitches then three pitches, I mean, it's it is what it is as far as whatever pitches he's throwing. I mean, if you can get guys out, I don't care if he throws a fork ball and a curveball. I mean, if you can get guys out, limit base runners and pitch the innings, you know, with some quality starts, then that, let's let's do it. I don't care if you're 24. I don't care if you're 38. I mean, sure. I feel like sure. I feel like. I feel like this year in 2023, we're going to see what, you know, might kind of sample Bassett, the Rogers center. I mean, he please played in a hitter's ballpark in city field. So, I mean, same kind of deal at the Rogers center. I mean, I, I don't hate it, but I do expect a little bit of a decline. I don't think it's going to be that sharp though, by the time the contract is done. All right. And one more concern some Blue Jays people might have. Are you concerned about the Jays defense behind him? Now, obviously, Matt Chapman's going to be awesome. We've seen the plays and, you know, um, Chris Bassett last year actually did allow more base hits, like infield hits to third base than any other pitcher in baseball last year. So that should get better with Matt Chapman behind him. But Bo Bichette's there, you know, our second base defense. Yeah, it's fine, but it's not great. You know, are we worried that some of these ground balls get through and it might lead to a high bad bit like Jose Barrios and Kevin Gosman had last year? Or is that nothing? I mean, you can, there's Jesse, there's going to be starts. I mean, he can locate a sinker, but he can't really say where the ball's going to end up. Of course. There could be a lot of routine ones. There could be four singles in a row hit in the gap. I mean, it's all, it's all a very, it's all a variable thing. It'll all average out in the end though. Um, of course, I'm not one bit concerned with Mr. Matt Chapman playing third base, but there is, uh, there is a little bit of concern with Bull Bichette and I hope that he really works himself around this offseason and can figure it out a little bit better defensively. I mean, for the past two seasons, for the past two seasons, he has led the American league in hits. You want to be as complete of a player as you can. The complete player would be Bo Bichette playing a little bit better defensive shortstop because we already know he's one of the best hitting shortstops in all of major league baseball. I agree. Speaking of defense, Riley, who is going to catch Chris Bassett? And this is what I was thinking a lot when I found out that we signed him is, He's, you know, he really likes that fastball up in the zone and that sinker low in the zone. So Danny Jansen is actually one of the best ones at framing that pitch at the top of the zone. And Alejandro Kirk is better at framing that pitch low in the zone. So I think it's going to be a lot of Alejandro Kirk catching him because he was Alec Manoa's guys last year. And we know how much Alec Manoa's fastball can run. And he's got that good curveball. He also caught a lot of Kevin Gosman last year who had that splitter that at the bottom of the zone. So if Chris Bassett's going to live at the bottom of the zone, I think it's smart if we have Alejandro Kirk catching him. And for reference, Riley, I kind of looked this up about how uh, Blue Jays pitchers did with Jansen behind the plate compared to Alejandro Kirk behind the plate. Kevin Gosman's ERA was over two runs lower with Kirk behind the plate compared to any other any other pitcher. Uh, Jose Barrios was 0.6 lower. Jordan Romanos was 0.9 lower. Tim Meza, ERA was 2.16 lower with Kirk behind the plate. And Trevor Richards was 2.54 lower with Kirk behind the plate. So it makes me think Alejandro Kirk is probably going to be the catcher for Chris Bassett too, which leaves whoever sticks around between Jansen and Gabriel Moreno to catch Kikuchi, to catch Barrios, wherever else is on that rotation thoughts. Do you have a thought on that? Or do you think something different? I I, I have no real thoughts. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if we do end up with both Jansen and Kirk back, um, that 
I mean, the, the, they're both sticks that you need in the lineup. It could, if it, it's a, if it's a day off for one, it's going to be the others behind the plate and the other one probably doesn't get a true day off. He might be swinging the bat from the DH slot yeah, in or that a pinch game. head appearance or something, right? Yeah, there, there's going to be an interchanging thing there, whether we start the year with those two or not. I'm not too, con- I'm not too concerned who it is. Jesse, you spit out some pretty good numbers. If it is Kirk, then that's great. I would, I, hey, the lower the ERA the, is, well, obviously the better. However, we can win ball games, Jesse. It's all in the aggregate. And if we can lower an ERA by a whole two runs, Tim Mays, I don't know what that is. Kevin I Gosman, mean, too, yeah. Like, holy cow. That's then by all means, man, put whoever it takes behind the dish to catch uh, Chris Bassett. Well, I don't have anything else to add on um, Chris Bassett here. I'm excited to see him play as a Toronto Blue Jay. Riley, do you want to predict what you think his stat line is going to be for the 2023 season? So I let, let, let's say he starts 32 games for us. Yes, assuming health. Uh, assuming health, pray, knock on wood the whole bit. <laughs> I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting a 3-7, a 3-E-R-E, a 3-7 or a 3-8 around their earn run average and a whip of about, I want to say one one four, one one five. Maybe even as high as one one seven, depending on you know those those balls hit through the holes. Um, I'm also going to say that he you know he gives up less than twenty home runs. I can't see mm-hmm. him giving up a whole lot of long balls. I think that's the. Let's not let this be missed. Is Chris Bassett that heavy sinker goes with limiting long balls as well? Um, as far as strikeouts goes. You're not going to expect 200 strikeouts. Probably, you know, anywhere in the 120, 130 area would even be a little bit, you know, on a on a higher note. But I, you know, this is a guy who just threw 180 innings for the first time really last season. So to see him pitch 200 innings, I doubt it. But I got to expect for sure you'll see 160 innings out of him. And I think you'll see quite a few quality starts as well. Um granted he does start 32 games for us. Yeah, I think we're kind of on the same thing. Safety is kind of what we're getting with Chris Bassett, right? He's been this consistent guy pretty much since he became a full-time starter with Oakland. A steamer has him projected for an 11 and 10 record, 180 innings pitch and a 4.03 ERA. Zips likes him a little better. They're thinking a 3.63 ERA with a three-war season. I think we're going to fall right in that line, Riley, between 3.5 and a 4 ERA. He had 100 and I think it was 67 strikeouts last year. I don't know if he got that high, but he'll be right in that ballpark limit your home runs, all that good stuff. Um, the thing is, <laughs> this is kind of a weird stat, rather, but he's had exactly one balk in each of the last four seasons. So I will say Chris Bassett box one time in 2023. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be good things for him. Well, if you're due, you're due. Let's hope we're up by a couple runs and like get, sure. hey man, if we're if in his first start, if we're up by six runs, get it out of your system, yeah, Chris. Sure, like, you know, like what, <laughs> whatever, man. Hey man, at least if, if we know, we know we can, are we predicting now Chris Bassett box once this year? All right. Well, the Blue Jays also signed an outfielder. We have agreed to terms with outfielder Kevin Kiermeyer, and the terms of the contract are still unknown as we record this, which is a little silly, which makes you think maybe he's not going to pass his physical or something, but the big name media people have reported this, so I'm quite confident that Kevin Kiermeyer is going to be a Blue Jay. We know him well, Riley. He spent a lot of time in the AL East with our rivals, the Tampa Bay Rays, but Riley, first reaction when I say Kevin Kiermeyer coming to the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, I go back and I think about him stealing the paper when he slid Don't into the home right? plate. I mean, I, I mean, this is a guy that was viewed as a rival. I mean, we have to kind of, we kind of have to take him in as one of our own. Now, it's not, it's not fair 
that we, you know, boo him or anything like that now. I mean, it should be about the teams, not about the players. I mean, in a way, it is It is a little bit crazy, though, to think. This is it is a tiny bit personal with Kevin Kiermeyer. For years, we had one of the best defensive center fielders in all of baseball in Kevin Pillar. Yep. And was, I mean, he was robbed of gold gloves because Tampa Bay just had this electric Kevin Kiermeyer, who, I mean... He was faster than Pilar. He had a better range factor than Pilar, and he had a way better throwing arm than Kevin Pilar. I mean, Kevin Pilar was fantastic, but you can't knock <clears throat> Kevin Kiermeyer's ability to play uh, a, a defensive center field because he has been one of the best at it for for years. And um, since 2015, he's been easily the best in the American League. Not only has he been one of the best defensive players over the last few years, he's probably been the best over the last half decade, Riley. Since 2015, 133 defensive run saves, best in baseball, ahead of known def- known defensive guys like Alderton Simmons, Nolan Arenado, and Mookie Betts. So that's pretty good, just on his range alone. Arm strength, Riley, still awesome, 94th percentile. Sprint speed, Riley, still elite, 93rd percentile. And the thing I love most about Kevin Kiermeyer's defense is how good he is at getting jumps on fly balls off of the bat. In fact, in 2019, best in baseball. 2020, the COVID shortened year, he was fifth. And 2021, he was third. Didn't play a lot in 2022 because he had the injury problems. But we've seen Riley, especially in the playoffs last year, that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Rymel Tapia were awful at getting jumps. And it did affect some balls to drop, which causes us to lose those wildcard games. So, and even Teoscar Hernandez wasn't the best defensive outfielder last year. So Kevin Kiermeyer is absolutely going to help in the outfield. Plus, it can shift George Springer to right field. Should help the team massively reduce their BABIP, especially some guys who are flyball pitchers like a Jose Barrios on this team. So a plus for Kevin K. Meyer, at least on defense. So you mentioned something um, during that little spiel about Kiermaier, and I think that this is going to do a great thing, and that's helped George Spring- Springer's longevity by yeah, taking him out of yeah. the center field position. I think that's really important of all this. Like, you're talking about an elite defender. Um, Springer's going downhill slightly. Um, don't know really what to expect out of Kiermaier at the plate. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the plate. We've been strictly talking about defense. I want to stick to that before any bashing goes on. (laughs) But he is an elite center fielder. He's not going to play any other position. There was people saying, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I I could be totally wrong by saying this, but he is an everyday center fielder. Like, there, I I know there's people saying, oh, he's not even a fourth out, whatever. Like, Kevin Kiermeyer for me, is a big league starting center fielder. I think his bat will follow at some point. So I I think we're going to be in the minority here, Riley, but I actually agree with you. I think Kevin Kiermeyer is going to get a lot more playing time than we think in this roster. In fact, I was going to bring this up a little later, but we'll bring it up now. Rymel Tapia last year had 433 plate appearances with the Toronto Blue Jays. I would take the over on that number. Would you, Riley? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's going to get playing time this year, Jesse, for sure. And it's let's like, yeah, he can't really hit. We'll talk about the bat in a second here, but I think the Jays just really value that defense so much. And look, Kevin Gosman, or not Kevin Gosman, George Springer was dealing with an injury at the end of the season here. Lourdes Gurriel was dealing with an injury at the end of the season. We lost Rymel Tapia, Teoscar Hernandez, and Bradley Zimmer. Like, I know we're probably going to sign another outfielder somewhere, and I hope it's like a Brian Reynolds or a Michael Conforto type. But still, even if we do, I still think we're going to see a lot of Kevin Go- or uh, of Kevin Kiermaier just because the Blue Jays value that defense and speed so, 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 so much. 
I mean, defense, look at what we did with by adding Kevin Kierbar. We have a platinum gold glove winner at third. We have the most recent first base gold glove winner. And we have Kevin Kiermeyer, who is... I mean, it's Kevin Kiermeyer. This is a guy yes. <laughs> who's who I don't even I don't I don't have his gold glove numbers. I know for a fact he's a he's a platinum um, golden glove, platinum glove winner, whatever you want to call it. When you go back to back, I'm sure he's won three in a row. Kevin Kiermeyer is just that elite defensively, and I think anytime you can be really, really, really good at one thing, I think it takes the pressure off some of the other tools in baseball. So Kevin Kiermeyer, I believe it was his 2016 season or maybe his 2015 season. He put up a seven war baseball reference war, which is immaculate. Riley, one other Blue Jay on the roster had a seven war season. Tell me who it is. Uh, with the Blue Jays? Not with or the not Blue Jays. The... It was with their old Well, team. it was jo- yeah, George Springer. Gotta so be. It was not George Springer. It was your boy, Matt Ooh. Chapman, man. When he was with oh, Oakland, remember when he was putting up those monster years 36, for Oakland? 36 home runs, 2019. I was thinking it was Spr- George Springer had 39 home runs before he came to Toronto. I just mm-hmm. want to get that in there. <laughs> yep, sure did. So that's uh, that's kind of what the upside could be from Kevin Kiermaier. But now, Riley, let's talk about the bat here. And the bat is the question. And the thing is, he's only been a league average hitter once in the past five years. So we can't expect a lot from the bat. But I will say... Left-handed hitter, which should help our lineup here, which is something we needed. And he's hit 287, 343, 833 at Rogers Center. And the three teams in his career, Kevin Kiermaier has hit the best against, Toronto. We know he's hit Toronto well. It's been kind of ridiculous how well he's hit Toronto. But he's been good against the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. All teams that Kevin Kiermaier is going to see a lot of in 2023. Yeah, and I assume he's, I mean, listen, he has got to be, I again, another thing I don't need to check, he is the longest tendered player on the Rays before coming to Toronto. I'm yes. sure of that. Yeah, I mean, got to be true. Nothing, gotta be true. So this is a guy who probably knows the Tampa Bay Rays as well. So you mm. throw that into the equation too. I mean, except for the Orioles, uh, whatever happened to Baltimore, I don't know if they're even still alive, but we got the Yankees and the Red Sox who are notorious and uh, division rivals. I don't know how the Red Sox are going to do this year without their great shortstop, but I know the Yankees are going for the World Series. Mm-hmm. And if we can even stretch Kevin Kiermeyer to put up a 285 average in his plate appearances against New York Yankees. And I call that a win, Jesse. That's a win for me any day of the week if he could do that against a rival team uh, fighting for a pennant, no less. I also like, too, the addition of Kevin Kiermeyer does set up some good platooning opportunities for the Blue Jays. Like against right-handed pitchers, you could put Kiermeyer in center, Springer in right, and you could have Whit Merrifield at second. And versus lefties, you could probably go Springer in center, put Merrifield in white, and have Espinal at second base, and then rotate days off whether or not who the catcher is, if Kirk has to DH or Kirk has to catch. I really like this play, Riley, and I like the fit, honestly. I really do for Kevin Kiermeyer. Yep, it's um, it's a little bit crazy to still believe we've seen this guy on, on the other side playing for Tampa. Now a member of our Toronto Blue Jays. You're going to see him in a lot of games in center field, whether you, you like him, whether you don't like him. This is baseball. At the end of the day, it is a business. Um, Rogers owns us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to watch a guy who has had great success against the Jays. And you, you know what? 
He's going to make some good plays for us. He's a rod. He's played a lot of games as a center fielder in Rogers center throughout his career. This is not unfamiliar territories. I say, look forward to watching Kevin Kierbeier. Hopefully there's some good plate appearances in the year for him because he's going to get a lot of them. I don't see a lot of power out of this guy. Anything, you know, above the Mendoza line for me is a win. So Riley, while you're on the subject, Give me a stat line. What's your thoughts for uh, Kevin Kiermaier this year? Oh, oh boy. Well, I'm not going to say the average, but I think I think I got to go with a 275, 280 on base percentage, okay. um, a, a slug like right around 300, and maybe I'll take the over on that though. Well, yeah, he's got some double power to him. I think he could make it work. Spray some down the lines and stuff. Hustle doubles with his Fair. speed. He does. He he does have a lot of good speed. You're not going to see double digit long balls though. As far as the RBIs, he's not probably going to get a ton runs scored. If he gets on base, that I assume hitting ninth in the order for the Jays. I think he's going to get a lot of runs scored. You turn that lineup over and you got the monsters. We got one through five. Um, I think he's going to have a I'm going to I think he's going to have an okay year at the plate. I don't think he's going to have a great year. But again, it could go it could go down south. You could see him not start games versus a certain type or a hand of pitcher um if he if he starts crapping the bed real early on. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time though. My stat line, let's give me I don't know, a 240 average. Let's say I don't know. I think more people in baseball are going to steal bags this year. Give me like a 13 stolen base total for him. Mm. And the defensive war is going to be there. But I still think below average bat WRC plus of, say, 92, something like that. So slightly worse than league average, but obviously better than what Tapia was last year. Yeah, for sure. Probably a war in the 1.1 to 1.3 area there. I think defense is a big one, man. Yep. And that's the reason why the Jays got him, to be honest. Any last thoughts on Kiermaier before we shut the book on him? Nope. I think, um, again, hasn't played a game in our uniform yet. Um, it's going to get a lot of people who don't really pay attention to baseball, who just kind of are season ticket holders who just go because they have money are going to be awfully <laughs> confused when they walk up um, and see Mr. Kevin Kiermeyer in a Jays uniform. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, but um, hey, we're going to have to deal with it, man, because I don't I wouldn't even say deal with it. At the end of the day, this is a good veteran outfielder. He's been in the game for a long time. He knows the rival teams. He knows our organization and he knows his former team very, very well. So hopefully good things come from that. It's going to be a fan favorite. That's for sure. I'm glad we're cheering for him instead of against him. But some news and notes, Riley, shortly after the Blue Jays announced the Chris Bassett signing, our friend Ross Stripling signed with the Giants two years. $25 million with an opt-out after the first year. So he could be a free agent after this season if he has another good year. Personally, really sad to see him go, Riley. The Jays would not have been where they were without Ross Stripling last year. He was like the saving grace of the Blue Jays. And, you know, two years, $25 million doesn't seem that bad. It really felt like the Jays could have matched that offer if they wanted to. But ultimately, they went Chris Bassett instead. And I hope he does well in San Francisco. I'm sure he'll do great. This is a larger ballpark. Um, I did say before that maybe the numbers will not be in his favor coming into 2023, that he had his career year. So Carlos Rodon, who pitched for the San Francisco Giants, had a career year. Um, maybe we see the same thing from Ross. Again, is going over changing leagues, um, thankfully changing leagues, going from the farthest away, farthest point you could be from the American League East to the National League West. I think that he's going to have an awesome year. I don't think he's going to get too many balls launched off into McCovey's Cove. Yeah. I, I, I think 
I think that he's playing for a decent team, the second hardest division in baseball next to the American League East. I mean, he's got his work cut out for him, but I think he can handle it, Jesse. I, I, I hope good things for him. This is one of those classic bet on yourself deals for Ross Stripling and the Giants. And hey, the Blue Jays could always turn his head away again next year if they wanted to. But yeah, I don't really have a lot to say. Just thank you, Ross Stripling. Do you have a favorite Ross Stripling moment with his time with the Blue Jays? Uh, not really. I mean, I there was a lot of games, sadly, because I'm a normal person and I have to work. Sure. Yes. But I remember just checking my phone and looking at the stat lines just at the end of the game and seeing seven innings, you know, five, six, seven strikeouts and four hits. I think there was two of those occasions where he absolutely tore it up. This was after his rehab in Buffalo, where he came back to this staff and was absolutely dominant. He like absolutely dominant for sure. The best second half performer, mm-hmm. maybe behind Bo Bichette on this club yes <laughs> um it, like absolutely incredible loved having ross stripling man this is a guy who earned his starts he was on a tough la dodgers um team to crack the rotation for years uh he finally he was a dead heat starter for us man after you know kind of figuring out his role he did it he's going on to sam fran uh pitch against his former club I think he's going to do awesome. I really hope he shuts down the LA Dodgers whenever he starts against them this year. And yeah, of course, wish, wish him the best. One of one of the great guys around the game of baseball. I remember in the COVID shortened season, he was um, in there with Caleb Joseph pumping up the teams. They were making uh, their push to the playoffs. I love that. And Riley, don't forget Ross Stripling had a save this year. I don't know if you remember that, but when the Jays were out on Anaheim, do you remember that crazy game? It was like 12-11. Jordan Romano got into trouble in the ninth. He allowed two runs, left the bases loaded. Ross Stripling comes up, gets a ground ball to first, and got his first big league save. So we can say that the Blue Jays gave that to Ross Stripling this year. And what a guy. What a teammate. Wish him nothing but the best. I'm sure he'll do great in San Fran. Do well, but don't do too well, especially against <laughs> sure. the Jays Have we, if we meet up well, when we see each other. Absolutely. Well, there was a big trade around Major League Baseball that does have some Blue Jays implications here. Um, Christian Vasquez signed with the Minnesota Twins. Mike Zanino signed in Cleveland. And Sean Murphy, your guy, your Oakland A, he went to Atlanta. And William Contreras went to Milwaukee. So, Riley, last episode, we talked about how the Blue Jays need to give a catcher to somebody. And a lot of teams that had opening at catcher has slowly kind of filled their catching hole. And here the Jays are. We're still sitting with three catchers. So I think our choices left of what team we're going to trade it to might be the Cubs maybe need a catcher because they just lost Wilson Contreras. The D-backs, who have been a trendy name that they might want to get in a catcher with some of their outfielder surplus. The Detroit Tigers, who are just at the bottom of the rebuild cycle right now. The San Francisco Giants and the San Diego Padres. Those might be our only teams left who really need a catcher. So, Riley, do you think we're going to trade one of these guys to one of these five teams, or do you think we might just hang on to all three of them? Give me Jansen for McCarty straight up. I'd want more than that. I think if I'm giving up Danny James, he's well, he's pretty young. He'll be one hell of a major league player and a lefty bat. But yeah, the market is getting a little bit, you know, thinner and the prices teams are going to be not interested here soon. Maybe a select few will keep the interest in, but I think we have a very interesting case. Um, and honestly, I look at I had this thought today, Jesse, mm-hmm. that Gabriel Moreto goes to another team that doesn't have this problem. And he is, he is he's getting starts. He will play major league baseball. We have this amazing we have this really good problem right now that could actually turn into a 
bad situation if it's not, hey, I would really like this to be handled. I mean, having three catchers is great, but when you lack depth in other places on the field, kind of scratch your head. I think a move's got to be made, man. I have been thinking about this a lot too. And yes, it obviously does make sense. Trade from a position of strength to help the roster. But I'm looking at Gabriel Moreno and I'm seeing the arm strength from behind the plate. Like I think there's going to be more stolen bases across baseball this year, just from the bigger bases and like the limited amount of pickoffs and stuff. And Gabriel Moreno has the best arm. He has the best tools. He has some of the best stuff here. And the only major concerning thing is like he hits the ball on the ground way too much. And his power just seemed to disappear. So if you don't think the power is ever going to come, then maybe the bat doesn't develop as much as we think. And then maybe it's worth trading a Gabriel Moreno. But I'm looking at these tools, Riley, and I'm I'm salivating over them because they're so good. He's the best catching prospect since JT Realmuto. And JT Realmuto has become a stud in this league for years. He just went to the World Series, for goodness sake. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, well, if Gabriel Moreno can turn into a player like this, then the Jays would be silly to get rid of a guy like that. But it's, again, it's the mystery box. It's the what if. And I'm not sure. Yep. If and if it pay, I don't know which way we're going to go. I really don't. I've said my piece on what I think that I do want to give Gabriel Moreno, a guy who's been in our organization, a guy who's been in our system, he's been around the game. He f- he really fits the description of Blue Jays catcher and that complete catcher that I want mm-hmm. on this team. And Kirk is young as well. They're both young catchers, and the team control behind them is ridiculous. Um, I mean. Danny Jansen has not played a full year at the position of catcher. I really think that he should. I really think it's it's crazy. I kind of want him to have an opportunity, and I'm sad it's not with the Jays. He's had this problem for a while where he could go to a bad team and he could hit cleanup for them and catch 115 games or whatever. I mean, I just think the odd guy out here is Danny Jansen. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to end up happening here. But the problem is those five teams I listed there, like maybe the Giants or the Padres are the ones that are going for it who would probably want Danny Jansen. But if you're trading him to Detroit or even to the D-backs, I think, like they probably want the teams to control with Gabriel Moreno. So our choices are becoming limited. And hey, let's not fret about this too much. The Jays were all worried we weren't going to do anything. And then sure enough, three days later, we signed Chris Bassett, right? So there could be something done. I wouldn't even get concerned. Even if we get into spring training, Riley, I don't know if I would be concerned with having these three guys on the roster just because we waited to spring to trade Randall Gritchick last year. Now, the lockout did mess that up a little bit and stuff, but we've seen the Blue Jays make trades in spring training. So maybe even if we have to wait till then to maybe like one of the big catchers around baseball takes an injury, then that makes our Jays catchers look even more valuable. So wait and see, I suppose, but there will be some patience before it comes down to trading one of our three catchers. And there's no other team that even holds a flame to us as far as value at the position of catcher. We are absolutely stacked mm-hmm. at that. And hey, whatever happens, happens, man. Could only be something good, though. It's not a position we're going to be shallow at. Riley, I don't have anything else to add here. It might be a little short stuff, but we had some exciting things. And we just wanted to get up here. Usually we wait the full week to let some news and stuff, investor. Uh, the only other thing I can add is, the Roger Center updates still look pretty good. Have you seen the tweet the Blue Jays sent out or maybe the Instagram post? Like, work is starting to get done on the Roger Center renovations, and it actually looks like it's uh, coming together quite well. I'm excited. I mean, I, baseball is a great sport for, for a lot of reasons. One of them is I absolutely love 
the configuration of baseball diamonds. It's always something that has fascinated me. So now we're officially changing dimensions, Jesse, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the Rogers Center. That's crazy, man. I mean, there are some Blue Jays has been fairly cookie cutter for a long time. The 400, the 330, you know, kind of thing. And then you look at other ball diamonds and it's just like you, you look at um, the Giants. You look at, uh, well, a lot of National League parks for that. Wrigley, Fenway, the dimensions Even of Oakland's, it. right? Like how it's very unique in its own way. Oh, yeah. I foul territories the size of mm-hmm. Olympic sized swimming pools. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. I'm, I'm excited to see what what goes on and what happens. And you know what? Kevin Kiermeyer. Mm-hmm. We got a new a new outfield. We got a new guy to patrol that center field position. I think it's good, man. We'll see what happens. Definitely. You and I, we're going to go witness that. See some games at that new Rogers Center. It has always bothered me too how the Rogers Center was just so cookie cutter. Like dimensions were the same in the power alleys. Dimensions were 400 even to dead center, 100 meters down each line. But maybe they're lowering the fence in center field, Riley, because they want Kevin Kiermeyer to rob some more home runs. And I think we're going to get some more of that for the Blue Jays this year because it's hard for players to do what like Kevin Pillar did and scale that wall to rob a home run because it is just so high. We're probably going to see some more of that. And we're probably going to see more triples too. Riley, a little trivia. Can you name the Blue Jay who uh, hit the most triples last year? Oh, that's a very good question. So I will have to go with, let's hit, uh, let's hit with Springer. Did Springer do it? Springer was my guess as well. I'm just looking it up here. My computer is incredibly slow, but I believe it might've been George Springer. It would be a nice one. This is a guy who doesn't have the foot speed, but I feel like George Springer is just a guy who could always collect the extra base hits and maybe some on the road, you know, hit a triple in a bigger ballpark, things like that. I mean, triple, Hey, some, for some guys, triples a lot harder to hit than a, than a home run. You got to have the foot speed. I remember Matt Chapman hit one in Philly last year. You nailed it, Riley. George Springer, four triples last year. In fact, the Blue Jays as a team only had 11, 11 triples. Uh, Rymel Tappy had three and then Guriel had one. Bo Bichette had one. Teo had one. Chapman had one and Biggio had a triple. That was it. For triple, so we're and notable in those. notable inside the park too. Rymel Tapia yes. had the official score. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you re- rule that in inside the park, or it was because it wasn't an error. But if it's, it's so a he mental had error, that, he, he had that yeah. along with three triples. That's not too bad. Yeah. Well, let's hope for more from that from Kevin Kiermeyer this year. And with his speed, I would bet it would happen. Sneaky bet. Kevin Kiermeyer lead the Blue Jays in triples this year. Nice. And a sneaky bet as well. Chris Bassett leads the team in Babbitt. I like that call. But Riley, don't spoil it. We're going to have our hot takes episode as we get closer to the season, as we get that going up. Um, That'll do it for episode here today. A little bit of a short one today. We didn't have too much coverage. And uh, hey, we're doing this on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday. So we just wanted to get this stuff out there. But we'll be back next week for some more things. Remember, like the show, subscribe to the channel. We're growing and growing and growing every day. So you want to be part of the Buds and Blue Jays family. Only way you can do that is subscribe to us on YouTube and like us on Twitter and Instagram and all of our other social medias. Riley, anything else to add before we leave here today? No, viewers, you heard the man, viewers, listeners, whoever. Jesse's absolutely right. The show is free. We have a lot of fun doing it. And we came at you in the 2022 year, and we are hoping to do the exact same thing. 2023, Vladdy and his movie quote, whatever. This is going to be a (laughs) right. (laughs) That last year was a trailer. So it's kind of like the Avengers when you just you. I don't know. I'm not big on those (laughs) movies, but I know something bad happened and they erase half the people in the world. (laughs) 
And now, and now we're going to have a good movie where the heroes overcome in year two of whatever um, saga movie land we're in. Whatever it is, however you deem it, we'll be ready to go, Jesse. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully over the Christmas season, Santa comes and delivers some more presents to us and to the Toronto Blue Jays. But we'll touch about it then next week with our next episode that we do. Until then, guys, we'll see you again. And let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.